Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today by... Paul O'Callaghan from Ireland. Glad to have you back on the podcast, Paul. You've been uh, busy being here, there and everywhere and you've got an absolute ton of truck-related stuff lined up. Um, where we left you the last time, you were on heading out to Germany to come back with some sort of bizarre wood-chipping machine. Yeah. That's exactly what it was, a wood chipper, <laughs> Dougie. I, How did you go in with that? Great, got on great altogether. It was the first one of its kind to come into Ireland, but uh, a few have already um, had been delivered to uh, into England and up into Scotland and that, so I was told there was no problem driving it home, and um, if someone else had already done it, that was, that was good enough for me. So uh, I flew out to Munich, and uh, it was... The company picked me up from from the airport and put me up in a nice little German, traditional German hotel guest house out in the out in the countryside overnight. It had its own little on-site brewery, so sampled a couple of the beers and went down the next day. They actually gave me a car, so I went back down the next day and got a tour around the machine and a bit of a driving lesson and uh, basically headed for headed for Cherbourg. Then, so it was a distance of about thirteen hundred kilometers. I gave myself two days to do it so just to give you an idea of uh, what the machine is it's a self-propelled wood chipper it's on runs on 42 inch wheels so uh, two axles and 32 tons overall gross weight which is obviously not not road legal so there's two little small drop down axles there's little wheels at the front 17 inch wheels i think they are 19 inch wheels at the front that that drop down and uh, there's two that drop down at the back as well so that that's when you're on the when you're on the road they'll they'll drop down and, and keep her legal and then um just it steers off the front wheels you can have uh, four wheel steering then for off-road or in around yards but you can't go over 25 kilometers an hour with the four wheel steering engaged just because it'd be so un, unstable and she'll do 80 kilometers an hour on the road so just basically it's a case of pushing the lever forward and uh, putting your foot down engaging the cruise control and that was it. Very comfortable to drive. Uh, Love driving. It took a little bit of time to get used to it. It's, it's just like anything new when you get into it. Uh, it's a little bit weird. So the steering did need a little bit of correcting. Like definitely when you when you turn the wheel, you could feel that there was rams being turned. You know, it didn't have that same kind of directness that you have when, mm. you're, when you're driving a truck. But but once you once I got used to that and just the road positioning, it's kind of unusual. Uh, one of the lads said, uh, "I see you're you're now driving a, a mid a mid hand drive. Like normally, it's either left or right hand drive. But this thing, you're sitting in the middle. But ah. yeah, actually, great visibility. The, the only thing I wasn't, uh, I was a little bit unsure of how I'd get on with the uh, with law enforcement. So I was driving through, drove a long way through Germany, um, across Heilbronn and Mannheim, and then crossed the border into France. And I was sure at some stage I was going to get uh, have a few questions to answer along the way. But in fairness, nobody." Nobody pulled me in, and she was she was on German export plates. So uh, if if you leave a factory in Germany and they tell you that it's road legal and they give you all the paperwork, well, you can be sure that it is road legal. They don't they don't take things lightly. But an interesting one before I left, he's he was showing me all there's a a plethora of switches and stuff all up overhead, and uh, he said, and this one is for the beacons. He said, do not turn this on in Germany, or you will have a problem. So I just thought mm-hmm. it's kind, kind of funny, like there's guys in Ireland and they, they just love to get their beacons on at any, 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 you know, even if you're just driving a tipper or whatever, you have a little, a low loader or a step frame. Oh yeah, let's get all the, how many beacons can we get going? Whereas in Germany it's, it's, uh, everything is done correctly. It's like, no, beacons are there for a reason. 
you know, not just mm. like kind of to look, oh, at me, right. look at me, everyone. Yeah. So that was it. Uh, <laughs> came came through um, came through Paris on it. Came through the the, the kind of inner ring road around Paris, the Paris Freak, which uh, there was a couple of that. <laughs> yeah, I got to Cherbourg, and they were kind of doubting that I did it. But actually, in actual fact, it was actually easier to drive in in that in those heavy traffic areas because of the fact that you were sitting up in the middle uh, of the cab, you had glass all around you, and you actually had no blind spots. So you know what a blind spot is like mm-hmm. when you're driving a truck, yeah. be it left or right hand drive. It doesn't matter when you're changing lanes. Um, I, I didn't have that problem. So that was it. I was quite quite happy to get it back to get it to Cherbourg. And um, the only problem I did have, all right, the steps are on, a, the steps fold out on a, on a ram. And I got to a service at the other side of Paris, and for some reason the steps wouldn't go back in. So I was there for a few hours on the on the phone mm. to the guys in the factory in Germany, and there was fuses blown, and there might have been just a little wire, maybe shorting somewhere. But in the end, I just took off the little. It came with a full toolkit, a full worth toolkit, which I was hoping I wasn't going to need. But in mm. the end, I actually did because uh, I was pulling out those fuses melting. I needed something to pull out the fuse, and I kept putting in more fuses. And then I eventually took off the ram, which need, needed a couple of spanners to do that and um this the problem since got rectified once once it came back to ireland but that was that was it it was a great yeah it was a really great experience i got plenty of photographs so i might just put a few onto a little little make me a little two-page diary and and give people mm-hmm. give people that, uh, an idea of it yeah what engine and gearboxes and those things then so it has a man d4276 16.2 liter engine rated at 790 horsepower and the reason good, it good needs, yeah the reason it needs that horsepower is to power the wood chipper that's a very power what, hungry 700 790 horsepower yeah of course it's not it's not uh, it's not for a truck application that engine no it's you know not. you see that with engines because like iveco um like their powertrain division do the, like the Cursor 18 engine, which is like an 18 litre straight six, which produces a colossal amount of horsepower. And obviously, I mean, in theory, it would go into a truck, but it's not for trucks. It's for no. uh, like agricultural operations and things like that. So it's quite interesting that the manufacturers produce these much larger, more powerful engines that you just don't see them in trucks. I mean, they, they blatantly must have these things sitting somewhere in test facilities, you know. Trucks were mm. like 900 horsepower and everything just to see what they can do. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But well, it, in, needs in, that, it needs that much to power this, to basically chop all the wood up. It needs that much grunt. Oh, it? It's, it does It does need that, that much power indeed, yeah. And interestingly, I think they, they had been using uh, a Volvo Penta engine before that, but I'm not kind of sure what sort of... They, they, they switched over to, to man engines. I don't know if there were some problems with the with the Volvo Volvo. Uh, Penta engines in them, but it it it'll do eighty actually eighty two kilometers an hour on the road. But because it was hydrostatic drive, it's it's not designed for pulling. So anytime you'd meet a little bit of a hill, she would the mm-hmm. speed would definitely definitely die off. Uh, but it, it it had um it had an engine brake on it and a hydraulic brake. So when you were going downhill, like you definitely had you had you had lots of braking power. Um, I'd like to actually see it. It's it did its first load. The guy who owns the machine sent me a picture there yesterday of of it doing its 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 first load of of wood chip, and uh, it's it is really is an impressive machine. The cab the cab raises up, and the whole steering uh, steering seat, the steering wheel, and the seat, and all that spins around the ninety degrees. So you're look, you're looking out over the crane then, and uh, just to load it load the machine with 
the blog. So it's quite impressive. They've built, it was number 559. So they've been in production for about 10 years, more or less. And this is the, this is the 559th one to be produced. They're not produced for stock. They're all uh, produced to be sold. So I actually found a picture of one just when I was researching them before I went out for it. I found a picture of one in Scotland and the guy is, uh, he's pulling a little Eiffel Williams trailer with a little car on the back of it. So I think there's someone in Scotland that might have uh, maybe operate a few of them. They're operating all over the world. Mm. They're in, um, there's a good few operating in, in the States as well. And the guy who was giving me the, the tour of the machine and talking me through it said that uh, uh, some sort of an oil baron in, in the Middle East also bought one. And I said, well, mm-hmm. why would he want one in the Middle East? Surely they don't have enough trees there. And he said, oh, no, he just he just wanted one. He just bought it <laughs> and, uh, you know, came to the factory. And uh, and this is a very, very expensive piece of equipment. So I just thought it was funny like that someone has that much money and he just he just liked the look of it. And bought it, but yeah. So that was that was quite an interesting one. It was um, it, it was kind of planned for for a while, and uh, it took a little bit of time to to get it all everything mm. uh, to come together. But no, I'll go out now and uh, and and have a look at it and see it working. It'll be just kind of interesting after having. We're kind of. I, I actually looked really enjoyed driving. Mm. It was a comfortable machine, so I stopped the first night. I just uh, had a lot of traffic coming over through Germany, and um, you're, you'd obviously be getting a lot of looks on the road. But, you know, 80 kilometers an hour in Germany, 80 kilometers an hour is when you're in those areas where trucks are not allowed to overtake. Uh, 80 is, you're, you're, I was actually keeping pace with the with the traffic. And uh, even those parts when I was in, I stopped in France, you know, these little Ibis hotels. Mm-hmm. Uh, stopped in one in just kind of not far in, in within the inside the French border in Verdun. Stopped there late at night. You know, you can book into those anytime you get a little code mm-hmm. and t- type it into the door and, and in you go. And then uh, I stopped at another one in uh not too about an hour from Sherbrooke there on Con, and uh, it's a nice little machine. Once once I put it into four wheel steer, you can drive could drive in around the car parks, and uh, next thing up again in the morning and away you go. Um, it's funny it had a it actually had a fridge and a microwave in it, uh, under floor heating, so she's very well specced inside. I thought. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. It's got all those all those um kind of mod cons in the thing as well. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. And then um, I was in the little G450 when I got home. Of course, uh, I was I was just chatting to the owner and he said, if you had a few free days, uh, you can do a few days here. So I was in back in the little G450 on the wood chip. And, uh, and then I drove an interesting one. I drove a MAN TGS 41 420, which was an eight, eight-wheel drive. Well, it was like looked like a, looked like a, I would say an eight-wheeler, you know, a twin steer, but there was mm-hmm. hydro, hydrostatic drive through front wheels. But she was... She was a left hooker with a wood chipper on the back of it. I'm not sure of the year, um, but it's a pretty fresh one. I think it's only it's only a few years old, but I was quite surprised that it had a manual gearbox in it. Mm, good stuff. Well, yeah. I noticed that you can get, um, it is listed on some new trucks that don't list uh, manuals here. Like the Iveco S-Way and the new MAN TGX has listings for manual gearboxes and left-hand drive configurations, which must be like for markets like um, probably not, not necessarily your main sort of markets in Germany and France and things like that, but they still list them, but not for right-hand drive. So they are still out there to a small degree in places. Yeah. Uh, how do you go? Was it comfort shift? Did it have the button on the gear stick? No, it had. Uh, it it was didn't. No. Four over four. Just you had your you had your high mm. low and you had your splitter. So yeah, uh, yeah I did kind of fumble a little bit at the start because you know sometimes with a 
with a manual box when you're when you, you don't actually know where the gears are. So mm-hmm. it was it just it just took me a couple of took me a couple of miles before I could actually f- I could figure out where the gears were and and uh, it was kind of oh, quite I... a, quite a tight gearbox. But once I knew where they were, it was all right. But she was actually it felt like it was very very underpowered. So I think it might have a DPF filter problem that was coming up. But again, this this truck is not the, it's it's just it's on site all day. It's um. It's, it wouldn't be on the road very often, so I, I think a DPF filter problem is probably the least of his of his worries. They're they're always trying to keep uh, keep the wood chipper mm-hmm. going. There's so many mm-hmm. moving parts there and belts, and and then you have the crane, and there's always a pipe going in the crane. So I'd say anything to do with the with a DPF filter now would be kind of well down on the list of uh, to to do list. Mm, but it was no, interesting. Exactly. It was, yeah, it was quite quite comfortable, Dougie. Anyway. No, no, it's, no, it's another odd boy vehicle. Like, it they certainly won't help with stuff with, with EGR and DPFs and all these kind of various emissions control things because they need to be running at like full throttle, set part of the time and getting cleared out. You know, they'll end up clogging up quite badly yeah. otherwise. Yeah, it's not going to be, not going to be well, ideal for it, you know. The thing about this one, Dougie, this, so this machine had two engines. So you had your, your man mm. 420 engine for, you know, just driving along the road. And then you have your, um, was possibly so it's a Jens wood chipper and the German built wood chipper in the back with which mm-hmm. probably had a Mercedes Benz uh, engine in, in it. So the problem maybe possibly there is that while the machine on the the engine on the wood chipper is working at full belt all the time, the one mm-hmm. on the um, the one on the truck is just kind of t- she's on kind of takeover all day and it's not, mm. not getting not getting cleared out, which is never good for for like the DPF filters. So. So I mean, we've got a good write-up for you coming up in the next issue of the magazine when you went to um, you went and did like a multi-dropper around Marcia in Spain and um, with the the Scania uh, which we mentioned, I think it was the five twenty S or five thirty. Yeah, one of, them, both. one of them that you had. So yeah, that's in the next issue. That's a good a good um, good in-depth write-up. That a good insight into about European yeah. multi-dropping. Um, Getting yeah, stuck on side streets and things, and trying to find and, tiny little places. And people, people running into the back of you for no reason, mm. <laughs> and then just disappearing. <laughs> and then disappearing, yeah. So that was, that was. I always, I, it, I like. I don't make anything up, but uh, I'd like to include some little bit of drama or kind of a, a mess up if, if possible as well. Mm. You know, it's it's no good reading about things that just go well all the time. So that was, <laughs> yeah, that was that was it. And I'm just back from uh, just back from Portugal. I was down in Portugal uh, with a load of cattle there as well lately, so that was that was a, another kind of a, an interesting one. I've only been to Portugal t- twice beforehand uh, in a truck, and that was when I started off driving uh, about over you know twenty years ago. So mm-hmm. it was uh, it was nice to get into Portugal, and uh, I kind of forgotten. But it's of course, look, it's changed. Like you have all this. There's mo- there's motorways there now from from what I could see. But still, my mm-hmm. God, there are there are some big hills there. I was going up some hills and really? I, I had the yeah. Oh, there's some big hills there, and I was you know, five V eight five eighty is uh, or any sort of five eighty is is definitely lots of power. But there were times when uh, I was thinking, yeah, you know what? Like it actually would be nice to have have a six fifty or a seven thirty or a seven fifty here. Mm-hmm. Just really really big hills there. But a nice, nice country as well. At the same time, ah, it's not somewhere I've ever been before. As um, Portugal, um, somewhere no. I would like to go. I would like to go and investigate and th- investigate just for a holiday, like you know, as yeah. anything else. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, um, I, I was the same. Some, some quite, you know, like I said, big hills and some quite narrow streets around there, and 
fairly old kind of you know buildings and uh, I'd like to like so of course it's like another one of these places that you go there and say I'd love to come back here now again and have a bit of a tour around mm-hmm. on the on the motorbike and that so mm-hmm. what's what's all the what's all the COVID stuff like being over there in Portugal and uh, places like that because it's quite it's getting pretty chilled out with everything now here in the UK Scotland the north of Scotland I noticed the other week when I was up there it was pretty backwards with a lot of it you had to like stand one person was allowed in the chip shop and you had to stand outside the door and be shouted in and everything I was like oh this is pretty weird because it's getting yeah, so yeah. It's laid over. back now in England and things what's, what's, it, what's it been like over in Portugal and grand. things yeah, it's grand oh I was only in I literally uh, didn't really mm. get to experience much of Portugal because I arrived in in the middle of the night and basically unloaded and you know dung out the trailer and, and headed back again so I didn't really get in to visit any restaurants or anything there but look uh, from, I know in Spain I think probably from next week or this week all the masks have been finished like I was there was only some people wearing masks yeah. uh, somewhere yeah, exactly yeah I had no problem you know, there was no one asking me for um, these uh, you know COVID swipes or anything like that they possibly are still in Italy but look it's, it's, it's more or less finished the big thing from a truck driver's point of view mm-hmm. that I noticed was that when I came back I came, got the ferry from Bilbao with Brittany Ferries back into Rosslare, that, that long crossing, and it was the first time in a couple of years that drivers were sharing cabins. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of inevitable that that was going to happen at some stage. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they've, they have a lot more, you know, things are opening up now, a lot more car passengers and tourists going, so I'm sure the ferry companies want to start re- making a bit of money again, and they're obviously selling the cabins and putting drivers uh, to the cabins. Yeah, so, yeah, we had a good for good for long enough and it's, I think it's just a fact of life at this stage but no look at it's when when I flew to Germany that time uh, I got a, I got a COVID test COVID test done before I went because I thought maybe well it says that you need one but when you land in Germany nobody asked me for it so it's kind of look at, uh, it depends where you're going someone else maybe flew somewhere else lately and they were telling me they needed it but um, look at I think at this stage it's uh, mm-hmm. it, it's over and people just need to get on with it yeah, I think so. It's it's over to there's a lot of us unless uh, 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 I have a, a slight worry and all that that um you know some of the 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 companies that stand to make a lot of money and things out of it might have something to say about it. But you know there's nothing we can none we can really do about that. I'm looking forward to um kind of a whole uh more or less a year of sort of normality and all that. I'm just getting a holiday booked up now for myself as well. We go away for the first time since 2016. So, you know, that'll where, be good. What are you thinking of? So much needed. Uh, Paphos and Gre- uh, Cyprus. Over there. Oh. Over there. It's um, Cyprus. quite uh, nice, and, nice and sunny and warm and chilled out. And the, yeah. the drive on the same side yeah. of the roads, uh, curiously, there. Not that that makes any odds to me. Right. You know. No, no. Well, you might, you might uh, find there's some quite nice old English. British trucks over there as well, isn't there? In, in That's Cyprus. what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could do a bit, do a bit of that as well. Just get your truck and fix there. A lot of smaller kind of stuff, isn't there over there? Mm-hmm. It's not a very big island in that, so you do. There's a lot of rigid trucks over yeah. there. Um, yeah. And uh, it's nice. a lot oh, so. That's that's good that you're you're uh, that people are planning holidays and getting away again. We've been locked down for long enough, so. Uh, we've got the truck show. Well, there's a bit, I mean, there's so many truck shows coming up and things and that now as well because we've got we've got um, convoy uh, Wales coming up this weekend at Pembrey, which was on Truckfest. Peterborough was last weekend, and from what I can gather, that I didn't go to. It. I was just uh, too much in the go. But from what I can gather, that looks to have been an enormous success. It was fully sold out, and there's stuff kind of rolling around every single weekend now 
from uh, regional shows to sort of bigger national yeah. ones as well. And there's a huge desire and a huge appetite um, for people to get out to these. I mean, um, from like people like the members of the public as well. I was at the Grampian Truck Show last weekend and the car park was rammed out with people. You know, there's a real desire from people to get out and go and see things and do things. Uh, even in you know, even with this cost of living crisis that we've got, with the cost of everything through the roof, people still want to go. You know, do something. So the truck shows are proven to be pretty yeah. popular so far. I think. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And of course, we have to remember that a, a lot of people are after acquiring trucks within the last couple of years that they haven't mm -hmm. had a chance to bring bring anywhere. So there's guys just jumping mm -hmm. at the bit now to be able to bring their trucks out and. Uh, get a little, little bit of return and a little bit of a gratification for all the hard work and the money they've spent on them. Uh, it's hard to get trucks as well at the moment. It's, it's hard and it's getting harder to get a hold of trucks. You know, just new ones yeah. and that. The order books for some of like 2024 now. You know, it's um, so... If you're like wanting to put orders in to get new vehicles to expand your fleet, it's just not that easy. And there's no... It's pull, there's not a very big pull of second-hand trucks. And what there is out there is quite often overpriced for what you're getting uh, because everybody wants Euro 6 because of the emission zones and it's, uh, it's um, you know, it's quite a, a, a cause of celebration when people get a couple of trucks in the door that you wouldn't normally sort of bother about. But yeah, we've got some new ones. But, because MAN, have got, uh, they have wiring harnesses produced in Ukraine um, which has caused them some problems with them being able to get hold of things and... Uh, everything's every truck manufacturer seems to have delays and be putting things back and we really desperately need to not be producing semiconductors and all these chipsets not be getting them made in Taiwan and over in China well Taiwan uh, China really wants to go and take control of Taiwan for what I can gather um, uh, and would quite like to you know just go and strut on in there so and that's the world's number one producer of semiconductors, so we need to oh, get all right. them produced over here so we can make trucks ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't realise that. That's where that the likes of that stuff is all coming from, Taiwan. Mm -hmm. uh, it does. It's, it, every, it all comes from over there, and there's such a limited supply of it, which is why like you're only getting like there's a certain amount of trucks dripping through sort of from all the manufacturers and that you can't just go in and order 10 and things you've got there's huge lead times and there's price increases here there and everywhere like the case of something something like a Renault range t's got up like 15 grand year on year that's um that's huge jumps in price on absolutely everything okay um, yeah i was talk, talking to speaking to hollier lately as well he's got some new dafs and he was just saying how much the i know it's the daf is a new product and there's a lot of obviously cost gone into the development mm. of the new trucks but he was just saying the price of the DAFs is kind of uh, turning them off a bit now so he's he's looking towards um, Mercedes-Benz for 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 his next purchases coming in in, in January next year yeah. and I thought it was interesting it's a long time he said it's 22 years since he's bought Mercedes so look mm. I suppose every, everything is just kind of getting I don't know what which you know everything is, seems to be pretty expensive now um, maybe the Mercedes are quite you know relatively speaking good value I'm not sure well, it depends what you can get your, your hands on in a lot of ways. Mercedes have had a lot of problems lately where they've not been... People have been turning away from them because of their parts back up with things. 
uh, problems with stuff sitting for ages because they can't get the bits for them, unfortunately. Um, they have just gone and heavily revised the Actros. The engines in them have been updated for Euro 6E and they've updated the gearbox as well. So the, 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 there's big improvements under the skinning with the driveline. The, the 450 and the 480 have got the top torque engines, which now gives you an extra 200 metres of torque in 7th to 12th. And there's been revisions made to the top 530 version of the sort of 13 litre which is the most popular one but uh, they, so, they've got some what Mercedes wasn't such a great position at the start of Euro 6 because they're the most economical truck and everybody was running them but they've, they've lost ground recently and they kind of need to make so, that back <clears throat> what capacity is that uh, That because it's the 480 engines he was talking 12 about 12.8 12. or something like that it's basically a 13 litre class engine which so is the one that's the, used in all the tractor units yeah so it's the mid range because they have a they have a higher horsepower engine as well, don't, or sorry, a higher uh, capacity engine as well as the thirteen liter. Is there a is there? A, yeah, you've is, got the, you've got the big the big one that's like the six thirty, which goes up. Uh, that's like a, the six thirty is a turbo compound engine, which is like a fifteen something liter. That's the big one. Yes. Um, but obviously in the tractor units, the the most popular one is the thirteen liter. I mean, we've got this whole class of high performance thirteen liter trucks now, led by the sort of the Volvo. You've got the 540 yeah. Volvo, and now you've got the 560 Scania, 570 Iveco. Mm. Um, MAN have got their 510, which is a bit less, but everybody's raving about these. Everybody I've spoken to about that yes, new model funny, TGX yeah. 510 is raving okay. about how good it is. Um, yeah. And DAF as well, the new the 530, the new version, <clears> is <throat> substantially more lively than the old one. So I think they've okay. the rejigged the software on it, so you're probably actually getting... 530 horsepower out it most of the time okay. well i hopefully this you know that the latest upgrades to the mercedes-benz engines has uh, mm. has improved them so i can't speak from experience because i haven't really driven any in a long time but i do know from just general observations out and around the highways of europe that anytime you see a hill and yep there's a mercedes in front of you even you, you just know that well I, i'm going to stick it out here because he's going to die off and i don't know if that's to do no, with the engine up. or the or the gearbox and now I know, it, I'm granted, I'm, it's not 630 Mercs. Uh, a lot of them seem to be, you know, fairly modest, like 420s, 450s, uh, 480s, but they do seem to be, uh, unfortunately, a bit gutless. You'd like to see that uh, that's been re- addressed with, with the newer ones and give them a little bit more oomph. Yeah, well, I, do, I think now with the latest sort of developments in engines, with the updates, you don't have to... Uh, some of these economy modes, I mean, DAF and Mercedes in particular were like prone to sort of you know sucking the life out of the engine but it and it would have the power there it was just didn't want to give you it was kind of buried away we'd have to go and open it up accessing the other gearbox modes and going quite hard or using it in manual which a lot of hauliers and things if you're being monitored in telematics people wouldn't like you to do or they may want to lock those modes out whereas you would find something like uh like the the, the sort of volvo 500 uh, the, the 540 in particular was always praised for being a particularly lively and powerful engine in that class there's, sort of, there's mm. not all badges necessarily come back with the same sort of thing but I think there's been a degree of levelling up now in the sort of last sort of the last year with the introduction of these mm. these new engines where most most of them seem to be putting out closer closer to the power levels which the badge in the door indicates Uh, just at the other end of the scale, any talk of Volvo coming out with an eight hundred? 
Um, not as far as I am aware at the moment of um, you do hear you do hear rumours about things. I think yeah. at the moment, I think I think they've got something sitting there personally. I think with the way that the world is at the moment, with, with the outlook and things, I think they're probably just holding back from doing it because it wouldn't be the right sort of time to go and unleash uh, an eight hundred horsepower truck on the world. They're probably reading the room and saying, you know, maybe it's not okay. the right time to be going and doing that with all, you know, wars and energy crises and all that kind of stuff. Regardless of the fact that the truck would be efficient, you know, and it would be extremely good at what it does, you know, I, I suspect that they're maybe sitting on something. Don't have any hard yeah. evidence for that. More I just think, I just think that that's... Uh, they're just they're trying to... They're trying to Volvo are trying to push their turbo compound engines big at the moment as well. Of course, um, yeah. They're trying to, you know, if you're going to buy a 540, they'll try and, like, say, you know, would you like the turbo compound, which is, which does work really well, but it needs to spend an awful lot of its time in top gear to get that the benefit from the turbo compound engine. So if you're okay, off... Okay, so it's more for a highway a lot. Yeah. European... Yeah, have you? I was speaking If you're off the highway a lot and you're on aeroids and up and down the gears, you're not going to get the benefit of the turbo compound. Fair um, enough. It, it's... Correct. It's a really good thing for certain applications. It doesn't fit everything perfectly. Okay. I was speaking to Holly. He's um, he's got some four sixty turbo compounds doing long runs down to Italy, and he and he loves them. He's delighted with them. Many mm. a torque, but I didn't realize that it's more so motorway running, like like you said. Um, and I was just talking to someone else this morning. We were just chatting about power and engines and gearbox, and we both agreed that for for general haulage uh, around around the country here, it is hard to beat. Uh, 540 with a, with a dual clutch engine just as an mm. all as an all-rounder like you don't get the benefit of a 750 and you don't get the benefit of a 770 unless you're like 60 tons plus so i definitely think the the dual clutch even even in the 500 is just uh it is an awesome machine yeah i think you're, i think you're right there i think it probably has the best all-rounder that you can get in terms of like a premium sort of performance truck you know um it'll be interesting to see what the scania 560 is like when it arrives um obviously they are kind of there's they've got a couple of demonstrators sort of knocking about now but the thing is there's still 540s being delivered to people and they're still going to be for a while because of the sort of massive backlog and orders so if you order a 560 or you've ordered one already i'm not sure exactly when you're going to get it but that's going to be uh, one hell of a performance performer for a 30 litre that engine uh, it really is um, and of course they've made improvements to the 500 and the 460 further down the range as well they're, sort of, they're all badged up as super now with the Scania's um, and it's yeah. going to be uh, they're, they're going to any one of them is going to be sort of a, a good um, an enjoyable truck to drive kind of well set up kind of torquey and uh, powerful it's good, good times in a lot of ways with stuff like that true true uh, coming down to power ratings a little bit I was out lately did uh, spend a day with a guy in a DAF CF oh, yes. 410. DAF CF410 with a box tandem axle box fan with a rear steering axle and a tail lift for doing some deliveries into really, really tight spots in around Dublin. Mm. How'd you go in with that then? Because I mean that's quite a the the CF is always where it's been shoved to the sidelines in the sort of last year because of the the big headlines getting grabbed by the new XF and XG and obviously the CF's been left to kind of uh, soldier on it. So that, to be fair, it's a really the, the space cab um, is I mean it's still a really good cab in terms of space and layout. The visibility is a bit off and the steering column sort of adjustment. You can see it's showing its edge in certain ways, but mostly the the CF. Uh, it's still a very, very decent sort of decent truck. Loads of room and 
perfectly suited to the kind of work he was doing in and out of the cab all day plenty mm. of visibility um, you could do nights out in that cab and have oh, have have loads of room uh, he'd fitted a fridge under the bunk which I think had come from a DAF 95XF he said you do get fridges for the CFs as well but yeah probably got, you would have gotten from other trucks yeah uh-huh. yeah uh, just really nice really well kept and uh, it was just fun, interesting to see the kind of places he could go into with that with that steering axle, it's almost like something that you'd see out in in, in Netherlands. That'd be just mm-hmm. kind of the norm. But uh, he had then he has a little single axle curtain cider, and he also has a three axle box fan, so he can take whichever suits the, suits the job the most. So I thought it was kind of interesting. A mm. uh, little, little side door on the on the trailer as well that 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 will fit. Uh, you know, pallets can uh, come out mm. through there as well. So no, just nice nice little outfit, and I think it was just nice to do something on on something different than. It doesn't all have to be big top power V8s and big uh, top power Volvos at, at full weight. The feature, so I'll have a little little uh, story about that coming soon as well. No, no, that's good. Ah, I've mentioned that in the next magazine coming up. You know the the huge variety of jobs and opportunities available in transport and all that. It doesn't have to be. You know, you don't have to be tramping in general haulage. Uh, in an Arctic going up and down the, down the road in and out of RDCs. There's so many different things that you could potentially go and do. Um, I was actually talking about eight-wheeler tippers in that particular article because I'd spent a week in the Volvo there, and it's a it's a kind of job that I do, uh, I do particularly like doing. So, um, I, there's like there's so many different things that you could do if you want to be home at night. You know, you want to be starting late, starting early. You know, there's stuff out there to go and go and suit. And um, it's good to see like vehicles like that where people take pride in them and you know put effort exactly, into yeah. making making them nice and everything as well. Because like you say, not everything has to have you know mega horsepower and everything like, everything like that. that. That truck's just doing just as an important job as one that you know weighs twice as much. Exactly, and uh, probably doing it a lot more profitably as well when you when you take everything into account, uh, fuel economy and and uh, purchase yeah. price. All that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's nice just to see guys that take a lot of pride in their vehicle, no matter what it is, and keep it tidy and and uh, up, you know, well, well cleaned and a few little bits of extras on it and that. So um, that's it. And just further on from that, then my plan is to come over and head over across the sea and uh, see if I can gather up a few trucks in England and maybe north of England next week. So. Mm-hmm. You're going to furnish me with a list of a, a few trucks to call to as well, I take it? Yeah, that's right. Well, we, we were talking for the podcast started. You're coming over week commencing 9th of May uh, to spend some time in the UK and go off on a bike tour. Um, uh, yep, I've got a couple of numbers for you to go in contact for people that have already been f- photographed. What I would say is on the podcast, um, if you would... Uh, Paul's looking for some material to come out in photographs. If you know of anything that he could maybe do in the evenings or daytimes or anything like that in the north of England sort of next week, give us a give us a shout, let us know, you know. Especially kind of retro stuff that's maybe not having to be that's maybe not out on the road all day, every day. Um Yeah, that definitely, would be um definitely the retro useful. stuff. Well my, my bike my bike is motorbike is nineteen ninety nine, so I kind of like to stick with the older stuff. <laughs> yeah, something, something older. Yeah, she she should be all right. So it'll it'll take me out there and take me back. I might go on a, on a bit further. So yeah, if there's anyone anyone up around the north of England that that kind of area with something nice and something old, and uh, anytime daytime evening time, I'll be there for hopefully the guts of a week. So we'll definitely slot it in. It'd be great to do it. Mm-hmm. No, that'd be great. Aye. 
I was trying to think. I'll have a little think. A little think myself in that. I know that there's 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 um, uh, uh, there's a there's a kind of variety of um, older trucks out there that could maybe go and uh, go and get you out to go and see. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, hopefully someone will uh, someone will give you a shout. Um, I was just having a look there down through some of the photographs lately. Um, there's a company down around Derbyshire called uh, Froggets. They've got some nice. Volvos from the version one right up to the version four, yellow, yellow and red. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. anyone, anyone on channel from, from Froggets there that might be listening. And uh, mm-hmm. who else that I kind of took note of their uh, columns earthworks. They're pretty well known for heavy haulage, and they've got some nice FMX Volvos as well. Uh, Wind Cup Transport. We were talking about. We met. Uh, we were talking about that when we were out at uh, the Expo Tipex last year. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyway, there's just a couple of ideas. Oh, no, it's a good shout. I'm trying. Um, I was trying to think. There was a guy. There's somebody in the north of England that's still running like an, an old Atkinson and a Leyland kind of working them. I'm trying to remember, is it Robinson's that's got that? I'm trying to remember the top of my head. That could be. Chris would be a man for that now. He Chris would quite interesting. Uh, uh, maybe have to go and have a little. Uh, Look up that sort of thing, but no, we um, yeah, Paul's over in England next week. So if you if you know anything that we could line him up, they could go and see. That would be wonderful. That'd be spot on. I say, well, I'm going to um, convoy Wales. I'm going down there on the Friday, and I'm there all the weekend. I'm not coming back on the Monday. I'm coming back. I'm going to visit Fagan and Wally because uh, I need to interview well, one lovely. of their drivers and a couple of guys in there because they've got um, it's actually a part of their sort of warehouse to wheels type program. Where they've got a, it's a little uh, my Suzu three and a half tonner sort of thing that we photographed for that. So I'm going to visit them and go okay. to a scrapyard nearby as well. And there's good cavaliers in it as well <laughs> to go and get some bits off it. So multi-multi-tasking. Multi- <laughs> Deadly, that's the job. Uh, yeah, so, so we'll be we'll kind of be crossing paths. I'll be up north and and you'll be down south. But uh, that's right. uh, well, of course, that's this weekend. I won't be over till uh, over till next week. I'm actually going up. Up to a place called uh, I'm, up, I'm going up the north of Ireland this weekend. I'm going up to see Raymond McFarlane. He's got a nice fleet mm-hmm. of Scania uh, with low loaders there. Do a lot of work out to out across the channel as well into England. So I'll be going up to see Raymond and uh, hopefully get another couple up there this weekend as well. Aye. No, that's good. That'd be really good. That uh, I find that there was a comfort. Uh, there's an Atkinson bottler with Comfort Tech's beds. There's a thing on it. What was that? No, I'd seen. I think that's. Um, I'm sure there was that was still like a working truck or something like that. Not sure what it was. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Looking. So you're uh-huh. you're working you're working on on the deadline. So the next magazine, which will be Hi. when. Uh, magazine comes out on uh, weekend Friday, which uh, I Friday the thirteenth it comes out. Um, that's uh, so, that's due. I'm just getting to put. I've just been working away. I've been a lot of photo, getting a lot of photo shoots organised, trying to build up enough content. Uh, look, get a, a real variety of content built up so I can get a bit of a cushion uh, and get stuff better organised because we're, we're continually producing the issue. Uh, just when the time comes to go and deal with it, instead of being like as far out in advance as I want to be, which is just a hangover from the last couple of years with COVID and lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. So getting back to sort of normality now and really building up a yeah. big variety of stuff but yeah I'd still like to get more Iveco Renault MAN Mercedes stuff 
in, in, in the bag, it, as, as well as the sort of regular Scania Daft Volvo, which is easier to, you know, do it kind of takes care of itself a bit more of that stuff. So, uh, I definitely on the, on the lookout for um, uh, as much of a variety of material as I can get hold of um, and uh, keep my photographers and contributors busy at the same time. Uh, and it means that well, I, I need to be like, I need to get organised enough so I can escape to go and drive lorries as well, you know. I need to be able, so I can go and take time out a week at a time so I can go and drive things because I've got various lorries lined up to go and drive, but I can't quite escape so easy. Not if I've got like show programs also, to do as well at the same also time. Also very important. No, I know, I know how it feels. I'm uh, after a couple of weeks at home. I'm getting cabin fever and I always like to oh. head head off again. So uh, I've got plenty of plenty of driving over the last while. Mm-hmm. So time for time to take a few photographs now and do a little bit of writing again. Brilliant. No, that'll be yeah. that'll be that'll be good. You'll enjoy that. And obviously you're coming over to the Road Transport Expo as well. The Road Transport Expo. Uh oh actually yes. Yeah, that's uh, end when of June. that's end of June, start of July. That's actually looking so good that and it's free to enter. I don't think a lot of people know this. You don't have to pay for the tickets, you just have to register. And there's loads of stuff in the go, including the ride and drive. Uh, stuff which is the details that are about to get released where you can actually go and drive a lot of these new trucks from the manufacturers as well it's looking like such um a massive and amazing event it's really building up into something something exciting that as well so uh, that's to look forward to and it's not that far off either yeah i think that is the same that might be the same weekend as the full of the pipe show over here it is, it is, yes. It's the same weekend as Full of the Pipe, but Road Transport Expo is only on on the Saturday. So okay. you could All get right. yourself back on the Saturday and then go to Full of the Pipe on the Sunday, in theory. Could, could do that, yeah. Action-packed yeah, weekend. Nothing All right. Well, it depends what you want to do. If you want to fly yeah. out, you see, if you if you flew out, then we could come and pick you up or something, then you could get back pretty quickly as well. Yeah, true. It's in Birmingham, isn't it? Uh, Stonely, Warwickshire, I some Midlands, oh, Warwickshire, yeah. not too far, mm. yeah, yeah. I don't know, we'll do that. Why not? Mm. And yeah, cool. That's that kind of concludes anything that I have for you, anyway, Dougie. This time, no, that's brilliant. Cool, good update. That I look forward to reading this wood chipper update uh, uh, in the forthcoming yeah. issue and um, all the well, rest like, of it. The DAF four ten and all that. That's going to be when, good. You say, when you say forthcoming issue, it'll be kind of two issues from now because I still have to write yes. it and send it to you. <laughs> so, so we when we when we say forthcoming issues, it's different than because people often mm. ask me uh, yeah. when how come it was not in this issue, but they don't realise that everything kind of has to be written and, and submitted and actually. Probably nearly the guts of well three weeks mm. before the magazine actually comes out, so that's yeah. why there's, there's a little bit of a delay. But no, definitely I'll do that anyway. Something something different, and um, I'll have more diaries from from the adventures when I was out in, out with the with the livestock as well. Excellent. Look forward to reading them. Cool. All right. Well, thanks yeah, so much for that, Cheers. That sounds. Thanks, Dougie. Take care. Okay. See Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.